Hey, everybody, welcome to an all-new episode of 30 on Broadway, numero dos this week, as the... Uh... No, okay, okay, first off, this is actually the official episode. You just did the, you know, like, feeder episode, because it can't okay. be 30 on Broadway without me and you. We make up 30 on Broadway. We are 15 and 15. 15 plus 15 equals... 30 and oh, that's what we okay. are we are tanner glass times two no no yes just cut the episode right there no ah. Ah. <laughs> all right so tanner glass was an elite fourth liner how dare you welcome to welcome to the preview episode for the stadium series i guess as we were recording Saturday night while the Devils are up 2-0 on the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, and, my, and my parlay is ruined because of the Ottawa Senators. Conditions don't look bad. It's gonna be what interesting. are you talking about? Like, weather conditions and all that for MetLife. It's going to be like 36. It's going to be 40 degrees tomorrow. It is not going to be 40 degrees. It's going to be in yes, the 30s. Is. You, no, hey. it's not, you psycho. No, it's not. Picks 11, hold on a minute. Picks 11 this morning said the weather at MetLife was going to be today, not tomorrow. It's 40 degrees. Tomorrow, it's supposed to be in the 30s. Tomorrow, I'm looking at the weather report right now. I'm looking at it. Tomorrow at The high tomorrow will be 40 degrees, mostly sunny. Okay, whatever you say, Al Roker. 3% chance of precipitation. I'll, I'll go even further. I'll put in MetLife Stadium weather. Yeah, there you go. Put in okay. MetLife Stadium weather. The weather report for MetLife tomorrow will be, after all these stupid pay ads load, Jesus Christ. Okay, AccuWeather forecast. Holy crap. Partially sunny and breezy. Dry for the outdoor hockey game. Dress warm. The wind I, I will don't, be, I, I don't hear west and south. 41 degrees. Oh, okay. Wind, thank you, Al Roker. I appreciate southwest it. Southwest 14-mile-an-hour winds. So right now, it's 13-mile-an-hour winds as they are playing. See, that's the thing. It's not that it's going to be that's, cold that's necessarily, but the wind is going to be the biggest bitch of them all. Tomorrow. The 14-mile-an-hour isn't terrible. I mean, it's it's cro- it's like borderline to me. Uh, it's not you, like Yankee Stadium, never, You never sat in the upper deck of MetLife Stadium when it was cold. I, that, I, I, can, I can confirm. Very, very cold. We will be freezing tomorrow. I guarantee you. So that's why I've got my jacket that has the heat liner in it. Very much Pussy. looking forward to that. Pussy. Pussy. I, I don't feel like getting sick. Like, Pussy. I don't feel like being my buddy who went to the freaking Yankee game in 2014 and ended up getting pneumonia because he was an idiot. Who was that? My, my buddy Jeff when I was working. Because when, when I worked for Securitas, Securitas has the security contract at Yankee Stadium. And they were like, all hands on deck. And I was like, hell no, you are not. I'm not going there for that. I was, I'm going to the game. I'm going to watch the game. 
and my buddy was stand was doing was doing security coverage and he was up on the the uh the balcony up on the uh, upper deck with just his regular like rain gear on and got brutally sick like it was stupid this is absolutely stupid but anyways so stadium series whether you're listening to this late night on saturday night or you're listening to this on sunday the stadium series is here uh i did a little bit of a look back the rangers have been in four outdoor games we know this it has been 10 years to the day not to the date but over 10 years since they kicked off with the two game series at yankee stadium where they thoroughly federally beat down the new jersey devils 7 to 3 and then the the gorgeous Dan Carcillo go ahead goal at Yankee Stadium, which I was there for, which was fantastic. I that, think we won two. I think it was two to one. We won right? two to one. Dan Carcillo had the game winning goal on arguably the best fourth line that the Rangers have seen since their '94 Cup team, the Carcillo, Dominic Moore, and Brian Boyle line, which was a which was a, a just I loved Carcillo as a Ranger. Is freaking great as a Ranger. Um. That game, like Yankee Stadium, was cold. That was brutal. So, unfortunately, we were we were kind of we were underneath the the mezzanine deck, so we didn't really have a good view of the ice. But we didn't get affected by oh, the wind. We're gonna have a bird's eye view of the ice tomorrow. But tomorrow we're gonna, we're gonna be bird's eye down. Three forty-three, baby, down by the wind tomorrow. Yeah, but fourteen mile an hour wind isn't terrible. Like that's uh, again, again, you've never sat. In I, mean, I know, stadium. but it's not. It's Trust not me. like if it was like no. twenty plus, then I'd be sitting there going, "Oh shit, we're screwed." Dude, the Jet Giant game that I went to, it was arguably a little bit warmer, and I was frozen by the end of the game yeah, because... because you probably just wore your jersey and a t shirt underneath, knowing you. No, I wore my <laughs> my my sweatshirt yeah, and I wore a long laughing. sleeve. That's why you're. I can no, see and you I, turning red. No, and <laughs> I wore I wore my Darrell Revis jersey and then I wore my Jet hoodie underneath it. That's why I you were wore, cold because you I went to my, Revis Island. Oh, shut the hell up! And you were Revis like, Island, it's always warm and sunny, and receivers don't catch anything but a tan. Nah, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna even go with what I was gonna say to set you off. But the Rangers have been in four outdoor uh, games. You, you should know. You. you should know that the Rangers are one of only three teams that have played in multiple outdoor games that have gone for uh, have won all of their games. The Rangers are four and up. The only team that's gone over three games and has won all of them. Um, the winning is goaltender in outdoor games is the winning is goaltender. Is number, number 30. 30 Henry Henry Clark. Clark was, that's right. Uh, the Blackhawks, who are the darling of outdoor games and are getting another outdoor, they're seventh. And yet they can't record. ever win one. They're one in five. One in five. Ridiculous. The Bruins, I think, are three and one. So they're the next best. Uh, the Blues are three and oh. The Kings are two and oh. The Flyers are about to be win. They're continuing their winless streak. Well, they just scored. they just scored. They just cut the lead. They just scored. Uh, but 
there's a couple other teams. I think like the Caps are one and zero or something or whatever. But whatever, Minnesota. No, the Caps, I think is, the Caps, no, 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 the the Caps, Caps have played. They've had like three outdoor. Yeah, games. the the um, there were a couple teams I looked at that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, they're one and zero, so technically they're undefeated. But no, they're not. They, uh, I looked at multiple teams. So you had in 2014, 10 years ago, when the stadium series debuted. Obviously, the first game being at Dodger Stadium, and then the two game series at Yankee Stadium. The Rangers winning both of those games. The epic winter classic, which my favorite moment by far, and I think it's probably the most iconic moment of Rangers outdoor game history, is the Briere penalty shot saved by Lundqvist to to save the winter classic. Fun Not fact, true. I actually met Danny Briere, and I sent Chris a picture of me with him right after yeah, meeting him. And Chris, and Chris had actually asked me if I asked Danny Briere, how did you feel after getting stopped by Hank in the Winter Classic? <laughs> and I, you know, everybody knows I'm an asshole, but I'm not that big of an asshole because I actually didn't ask him. Especially because Briere said uh, that Hank's the man and he, he loved playing against him. So He's only an asshole to Chris Kreider. Because Chris Kreider's a douchebag. So... <laughs> both both times i met him he was an absolute asshole to me so whatever yeah like i'm not trying to get him on the podcast because you know i actually understand how podcasting works and i know that the rangers will not let an active player go on why so so we had that one the three two win and then the most recent was the 2018 city field three two overtime game that was probably jt miller but that was probably like the crappiest winter outdoor game that we had. That game wasn't good. Like it was just, a, I, I don't know why. I don't know if it was because it was Buffalo. That game really had no flow to it. Like the other, the other three games were, were, were great games. I mean, obviously being in attendance for, for guys and you haven't, you haven't. So this is where like me experience wise. So I've been to, to one, I was at the Yankee Stadium game. That's the only outdoor game I've gone to. I haven't gone to any others for any other teams. But you know, a lot of people say, "Ah, oh, this is getting, this is getting watered down." Is the NHL just doing it too much? Is all of a sudden all hell is breaking loose at MetLife Stadium right now between the Devils and Flyers as they are throwing it down in front of the uh, Devil Net? Oh boy, there is. Um, some interesting fisticuffs going on right now. This game's got nasty. I like it. Well, you know, the highways jammed with broken heroes on the last. Oh, and who's and drive. who's and who's in the middle of it? Brendan Smith and Timo Meyer. Shocker. That's and shocking. Of course you, and of course, you didn't appreciate my Bruce Springsteen reference because they're out in the swamps of Jersey. So whatever. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not. It's a Jonas Brothers night, so you know. <laughs> That's the big act. Tonight is the Jonas. Brothers. I, I dude, I couldn't tell you one Jonas Brothers song. I can't either. But I don't know. So I I think the NHL it's become more of an in person thing. I I only speak from my experience at Yankee Stadium, and it was it was memorable. Like the the whole thing about it was awesome. Even though we didn't have a great view of the ice and and whatnot, because we didn't sit in the upper decks. Um, just the whole, the whole spectacle of it was just, just awesome. And it was kind of like a, not necessarily a once in a lifetime experience, but it's an experience. And I think, I think any hockey fan should, should, should try it, should do it at least once. 
the reason really I mean, why I, like this one was so keen to me was to be able to sit in an upper deck of a football stadium. I think the football stadiums work out much better than than baseball just because it's more I mean it's it fits more of the natural size of an NHL rink anyway. But uh we're going upper deck on this one. So this is I just wanted I just want to know what the fan access thing is, is that we're going to do tomorrow like are we going to do like interactive shit? No, it's at gate. It's there. They've got like a stage. So I drove by. So the other day I was down in Jersey uh, for work and coming back, I was, my route was taking me past MetLife. So I went over there, the gate, the, the, uh, not gate G, but parking lot G is like probably 50% or, or more cordoned off. And they've got a big stage and they've got all big stuff set up and, and everything. I don't really know. Like there's, there's, there's the NHL fan access app that has like a QR scanner or something. I, I don't really know. Like, I just want to do some cool shit. Like, I just like, I hope they have like an accuracy shooting thing, like set up that like you can, you know, I don't know if they'll have some, that for shoot some targets. Like, that would be awesome. I would love to do something like that. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm really curious because at Yankee Stadium, I don't really remember them doing much like that. But again, it was the first year of doing the stadium series and it was Oh, I mean, it was so freaking cold that I, I'll never forget this. Going into the Great Hall at Yankee Stadium, and, and you've been to Yankee Stadium plenty of times, so you know that that's basically an open wind tunnel yeah. in the winter. Like, terrible idea to set up beer vendors and stuff out in the Great Hall. And the guys were like... <laughs> well, at least you, you knew the beer would stay cold. Yeah, but, like, the guys were trying to pour beer, and, like, the taps were freezing over. And they were literally just, like, at some point, just, like, just ice just pouring out. And it was, like... The guys were out there with no heat. They had no heat or anything. I felt terrible for them. And it was just like, we just tried our best to just kind of stay like huddled together, like in our seats at our section. Cause it was just, it was, it was cold. Like I just remember it being incredibly cold. And I just was like, thank God we're not upper deck because I, I went up upstairs for like a few minutes just to try to catch like a couple with a couple of friends. And I came back down cause it was like, you talk about like wind tunnel, like it was like a horseshoe at Yankee Stadium, just whipping around, just in the upper deck. And I was just like, "Nope, I ain't doing this." And I was like, "The hell, the hell with this crap, man." So, um, I mean, I, I hope they have like an NHL street thing set up, you know, there. So this way, we well, can they like have those. Like- they have those rinks out, so they have those rinks out on the actual field. Yeah, um, but I, I kind of hope like they have some. But I think like, those are for kids. I think that was like a kids thing. Because for... like, oh, dude, I'll go. I'll go out there. And, uh, <laughs> I think I'm a but, kid. Dude, I, I don't. I don't like. You know, I'll go out there and fire some wrist shots. I don't care. So they have. I mean, gritty and the devil are playing cornhole on the devil rink right now. Gritty was streaking. He did that again times two. Like. <laughs> This is absolutely ridiculous. All right, so the NHL fan guide, according to the stadium series, is at parking lot G outside of MetLife Gate and Pepsi Gate is the pregame. Um, and then they've got all the other lots and all that nonsense and blah, blah, blah. Well, so I'll just tell you what. I'm bringing some beers. I'm going to pregame. So, so all right, so here's the thing. So, hockey fans with tickets are invited to join the NHL at the, the new Amsterdam Vodka NHL pregame, the official tailgate party in parking lot G. This festival hockey, this free hockey festival will be open 
from 10.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. It'll offer fans of all ages family-friendly hockey interactive games, attractions, live music, and a chance to take a picture with the cup. Okay, uh, I'm in. You I'm have in. to do that before you enter the stadium because once you go into MetLife, you cannot come back out. Right. So I, that's I, I basically know. the whole the whole yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, just remember, Ranger fans who are going, who are listening to this, do not, I repeat, do not touch the cup if you are taking a picture. Okay. What? So, look, I'm not, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Okay. 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 But have you ever, have you ever taken a picture with the cup? I have taken a picture with the cup, but I will not touch it. Okay, exactly. So why are you making that stupid ass face at me when I said that? Because it's like that should be like a a known. Yeah, but some fans don't. don't some some fan some fans are newer fans who may not know that. No means no. Looky looky, but no touchy. Oh, oh Lord God. Stanley! So oh the gates will open at one p.m. tomorrow. Jesus. Pending, hopefully, it stays partly cloudy. Or whatever, so there's no freaking delay because that's the last thing I want to deal with is a freaking delay. The game puck drop is at three p.m. Um, I'm going over to American Dream before. I'll be over there. That is where I will also be, and then I'll be meandering my way across the high, the whatever one twenty route one twenty, whatever the hell it is, over to the stadium, and then go from there. So. Um, let's hope for five and zero, oh, a continuation of the Rangers' win streak, bringing that to seven and zero. Oh. Let's talk really quick about Wheeler. Yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. I feel really bad for him. Um, I mean, you've seen some of the quotes from some of the guys uh, that have just said how much this really sucks and it's a perfect way to sum it up because this is a guy who came to the Rangers trying to win a cup you know he's pretty much done all you can do in a hockey career and he was trying to win a Stanley Cup with the Rangers and you just he's not the player he used to be and everybody knows that everybody sees that but he he still has shown that he could be effective like Monday night, I, I was at the Garden, and I'll tell you what, he was one of the Rangers' best forwards. He was really, really good. He was everywhere. He had a really good jump to his game. You know, I just – you and you can tell his hockey IQ is still there. He may not be as fast as he used to be, and that's painfully evident, but you could tell that he's still as smart as he's ever been, and he thinks the game on a fast level. It's just getting his body to catch up with what his brain is doing, but he's got twenty-one points. Yeah, I mean, I I feel really bad for him. I really do because he he's a likable guy. Um, I think this team really does like him, and you know they really do they really do like having him as a teammate. Uh, it's just really unfortunate to see what's uh. What what happened to him on Monday or on on Thursday night? It and it was it was one of those brutal. it was one of those things. It wasn't a dirty play or anything like that. It was just a hockey play gone bad. Yeah, and I don't even know. Like, I still don't like if he caught something or 
if it was just like you said, like he just bet, like it just, it was just, oh. And then when he tried to get up, and then you're sitting there going, like, where the hell is the training staff? And not only that, but it's like, why, why are you trying to get this guy up to get him off the ice? Like you could clearly see, you could clearly see, like Sergachev, it was bad. Get the freaking stretcher out there and get him off. Like I mean, they literally, yeah, I they mean, literally hobbled him over to the Zamboni I mean, entrance and then put him on that, a stretcher. That also could have been his call too. He might have been oh, like, maybe. "Hey, let's get let's get the stretcher out here," and he was probably like, "No, I don't want to go out that way." But I mean, the fact of him trying to get up and then he collapses and the way he went, you could just tell. I mean, you could, yeah. you could just see. I mean, I it was mean, it's yeah, cool. No, it's, but now it's you lose nice. him. You lose him for the rest of the year. So you put him on the LTIR. It doesn't do a ton for cap relief because his contract was only what eight twenty five. 800 or 800 and so now you know i mean it doesn't really make a difference anyway because like the rangers were already in the market for a top line winger yeah it just solidifies that they absolutely yeah it forces drury's hand and again drury's already been dealing from a position of weakness throughout this whole thing with the heel injury now it's going to be 10 times harder for him to negotiate and get something of value without giving up anything of significant value yeah and you got to figure out you know and again, the the one maybe silver lining of it is that that third line continues to just bang it and be dynamic to the point where now the full focus is is obviously that top line right wing. Like it's it's got to be. And then it's kind of all right. Do you do you solidify depth center? Do you add another depth defenseman? Um. You still you still solidify your depth center because again and I and I will keep banging the drum on this. I don't care what he's been doing lately. He's been playing well. Johnny Brzezinski is not the third line center on a cup champion. He's not even the fourth line center on a cup champion. I like I like his game. I like some of the things that he does. He's a nice little player, but he is not going to be a guy that is going to be on your roster when you are trying to win a cup in June. Sorry. Thing right now, though, the thing right now, though, is him centering Cooley and Kako. That line has been the second best line on the team. Which is, and which again, is again, an, an issue. Which is an issue. I was just going to say, like, it's an issue. That's why Jury needs to put all his eggs into finding a top-line winger to play right. with Manage Adding Kreider. Right. He's got to get them. And, and hopefully, you know, maybe... With I mean, we're gonna see the, we're gonna we're gonna see top line Jimmy VC tomorrow. So yeah, I mean, well, yeah, because you're gonna have you know Rempe and and probably uh, Edstrom in the bottom six. But yeah, I mean, it, it, this all just goes back to the Butch Nevich trade. Like this all goes back to that trade is going to be like I I feel like that trade is going to be the one that's going to haunt this team. Like, I, I just feel like that is the deal that Drury pulled the trigger on a bad move. It was a bad deal from the from the get-go, and it blew up horribly in his face, and it continues to. I mean, it continues to because all the issues that we've said since the trade, we've always we kept coming back to it. We don't have that top-line right winger. He's always tried to plug the holes, try to plug the gaps. He's done it with different players like a terrorist. But it also, it, it also goes back to how, you know, just how much of a, a failure, and I, I hate using that word because it does have such a negative connotation, 
but because I mean he he's not a failure of a player, but it shows how much of a failure drafting Capocaco was. Yeah, it just it hasn't worked as your number two as your as your second overall pick. It's been it hasn't been good. But in 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 retrospect of it from that draft. I mean, if you if you go through, so that draft was what twenty twenty two. That was the twenty nineteen. So if you go back and you look at that draft and who those players were that got drafted, uh, so Kirby Doc came after him. Bowen Byram, a defenseman. Alex Turcott, a center. Uh, Cider from the Red Wings, again, a defenseman. Dylan Cousins, who's with the Sabres. Uh, Philip Broberg, Trevor Zegris. You know, I. Matt Boldy is probably the one out of that group, really. If you're looking I at mean- forwards. I was gonna say I'd rather I would have much rather drafted Mo, Mo Sider. Well, yeah. So if you're looking at defensemen, yeah. I know. Mean, uh, yeah. I'm just talking about if I'm drafting overall talent. I yeah, would you're, you're, yeah. I mean, Sider Sider was the guy that probably was your best your best option there out of that group. I I'm not a big I I'm not like huge on Trevor Zegers. I I feel like a lot of his game is one trick pony. And I don't think his numbers are like that outstanding for a guy. You know, it's like people that it's like people that were were saying for years, like, oh, Tim Stutzla is so much better than Lafreniere. Well, Tim Stutzla has been getting showcased on top line minutes, big minutes. And if you go look at his stats this year, his stats aren't aren't really any better or much better than than Lafreniere. And he's getting the biggest bulk of minutes on that team. So it's kind of like, you know, whatever. But I, I look. I think what you're seeing right now is Capocacco is a third line winger, and if that line is really good, that's great. But Drury has got to fix the top line. He's got to fix but, the right wing. And here, and here's why I go back to trading Capocacco because as as you know, there's nothing wrong with being a third line winger. But when you're drafted second overall, you're supposed to be an impact player. You're not being an impact player playing on the third line, so. But he the, is the, he is on the defensive side. But that's but, that's the but, problem with. But, but, but that's it, the problem is it's not again, it's not showing up on the stat sheet. I am not drafting Carl Hag finish Carl Haglin second overall. No, I get I get I get that, and that's where that's a bad. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, but in the retrospect of him defensively, that line was out there and was causing fits when they were out there against the top line for Montreal. But again, that's the top line for Montreal. That's yeah, but Caulfield, eh, Caulfield, Suzuki, and it's basically listen, their only line. That's their problem. Listen, it's, it's the only listen, line they listen, got. Listen, listen. I don't care what the third line does against the Montreal Canadiens. Sorry. But no, but even during the win streak, I mean, listen, you can't you can't discredit that the line has been the, the most dynamic on the group. Right I, now. I'm, I'm 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 not, but what I'm saying is, Johnny Brzezinski is not 
the my third line center if I'm trying to win a Stanley Cup. Well, he's gonna be that, that's he's gonna no, be no he's not here. he's gonna be he has he's to not. be he's not he he can't be you're not fixing you you're not fixing the top line right wing and fixing a and you're not why fixing, why not because, because if you're putting Capocacco in any deal now you've just opened up another wing position and you're saying you're opening up a depth center position. It depends on what you're giving up. You don't have to give up Kako to get a top line right wing. Then what are you giving up? You you could give up Matt Robertson. You can give up Zach Jones. You can give up your first this year, your first next year. Look, the Rangers are in win now mode. First round picks don't mean anything anymore. I don't I don't disagree. I don't necessarily disagree, but they they kind of do in an aspect of but they don't though. If the whole mandate here is Win a Stanley Cup. And that's what you did by hiring Peter Laviolette. That's what you did by making the moves that you made. If the mandate you've got, is you've got your two, three all years. in, you've if got a two, three year window. Right, exactly. So trading a first rounder this year and next year don't mean shit if you're trying to win a cup. I don't I don't disagree. So but if you're and backed again, into a corner, if Drury finds himself now backed into a corner because he has to go out, like like you said earlier in the recording, Drury's kind of handcuffed now because now the premium is going to go up. And we've already seen like some of the reports that have come out. We've seen where somebody asks for some of these players, like, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, that, that always happens to trade deadline time. But you know what? This is why you're a pro GM. This is why you're a professional hockey GM. You have to learn how to negotiate and make chicken salad out of chicken shit. So it's not cutting time. No, I agree with you. But that's like, what I'm saying. I, He's got like, He has to fix that right that top line right wing spot. But he's got to do it in a way that it doesn't create more holes. I mean, I granted, granted, creating holes in your bottom six is much easier to fill and take care of. But if it doesn't work, then holy crap. Like it's it this is this is a critical trade deadline to me. This is a very critical trade deadline to me for 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 Drury. Because this whole makeup of this team right now could be very different with some of the moves that that he's made. And I don't know if it's as easy as him going back and getting Tarasenko out of out of Ottawa. I don't know if it's as easy as maybe prying the Duke out of San Jose. Or even getting a Jordan Eberle out of Seattle, those are the three that I think are 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 the the most likely of the three players that come to to the Rangers. I know people have said like Nick Dowd and some of these others have have popped up, but I think those asking prices for guys that are going to be your third line, I, okay, like whatever. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't necessarily know if they're like gigantic upgrades enough over over a Brodzinski right now to move the needle. So it, it creates a really interesting situation and a dynamic one. And this is kind of what I said in the in the in the recording the other day was this is going to make a fascinating deadline for Drury because prior to Wheeler going down it was what what do you do? Like do you upgrade here? Do you do this? How do you make this work? Now it's it's shifted a little bit just in a couple of days to where it's you absolutely have to, without a shadow of a doubt, upgrade this top line right wing. And you got to figure out how to do it in a way that you're not going to mess with the rest of your lineup. 
It's just fascinating. It's fascinating to me. I'm I'm really interested to see how he he plays it out. What the hell is this? <laughs> Are you trying to watch the? Uh... I, I like they have a live band singing the Devil's Goal song. That's ridiculous. What's that? I didn't know that was what that was. Oh, like I don't know. What a poverty franchise. <laughs> Like, Listen, seriously. people pay to go see Jack Hughes play. Come on. Not me. I don't. I don't. Oh, man. All right. Tomorrow. What's your what what's a, your uh what's your what prediction? A, what's your predictions on tomorrow? Um, well, depending on what jersey I wear, which it looks like it's going to be my my Marty San Luis jersey, okay. which which has very good luck all over it. Um, Man, it's going to be tough. The Rangers are undermanned, and I, I just hate that they're going into this on such a hot streak because, you know, six wins in a row. Ooh. The good thing is, is that two of those wins haven't looked great. Yeah. I mean, Chicago, they got lucky pulling that one out. You know, I, I mean, we, we just we play well outdoors and. You know, a, a lot of the core members of this team have outdoor experience. The Islanders really don't. Um, and Patrick Waugh, like, I just, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think the adrenaline rush of a new head coach is kind of worn off already. Um, so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go, we're going to say 4-1 Rangers. 4-1 and 5-0. 5-0 in stadium series. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. Five and zero oh in the stadium. five and zero oh, oh outdoors. I do think we're going to pull it out, and and the reason why I do think we're going to pull it out is is largely because, like you said, I think that shock factor of Patrick Wall wore off real fast. Because they're three, four, and three in their last ten. They haven't exactly like exploded. They're not. It's it's not like. It's not like they're this. I mean, outside of their six-two victory over Tampa, I mean they're they're coming in on a two-game losing streak. They've had quite a few days off. Uh, yeah, I mean they haven't played well at all. They really haven't played very good. Period. I mean, so. I think it's I think it's a Ranger victory. I don't know what it's going to be. I feel like it's either going to be a, a crazy close game or it's going to be a run and gun wild fiasco because that's just like it seems like it's one way or the other. So either way, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's going to be a blast. So that's all we got. I'll we see will, you in 12 hours. And we will see you guys after to wrap up whether it's a uh, – a blowout victory or a wild back and forth victory? How about that? Let's Confidence. go, Rangers. Confidence. Confidence.